Blog Talk Radio. What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, reminding you it's never your fault. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., so if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses, because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Yo, that's him right up there. Stop the car right here. Gang violence. Gunshots. On Fifth and Vine. Police. Jail. A family. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. A brother alone. Hey, little man, come here. What you got on your back? A sister afraid. <laughs> A father worried. Son, are you okay? A child without. <laughs> A mother counting the days till her boy is home. I just hope my baby's safe. These are the sounds of gang violence. From the day you're sentenced, your family starts facing the true hard time with you. Something to think about before you commit a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also send me an email. My email address is SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. And if you miss a show or you come in the middle and you want to find out what happened in the beginning, you can always check us out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, did I say that already? <laughs> All these places you can find the show. Just look up my name and maybe the topic or my name and the guest, and it'll pop up, and there you go. Also, I want to thank the people who have donated uh, via PayPal to the show. Really appreciate your donations, helps in getting giveaways and things. Uh, you can do that uh, via PayPal, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Uh, this morning, I was supposed to be speaking with author Ayana Gray. This would have been her second time coming on the show, and I believe there was some issue. Uh, uh, This might be her right here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
Good morning, Ayana. Hi, how are you? Good. Sorry about that. That's okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Thank you so much for calling in. I was a, uh, I was a little worried. I, I was going to have to um, get some magic and. and try. <laughs> no, no. It was. It was totally me. I um. I was. I've been having a lot of um, span issues, so I saw that that call. But I was actually looking for um the the phone number that I was supposed to use to dial in, and I could not find it in my email. Um, that's okay. But I'm here. It happens. <laughs> Thank you for your. <laughs> that's all right. I, like I said, I was going to have to get some splendor, you know, and 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 you know, figure out what's going on, my, you know, and 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 use the magic. In uh, one second, I was about to use some magic. No. <laughs> but welcome I'm here. back. That's it. Thank you. Welcome back. You were on here before speaking about the first book, Beast of Prey, and uh, that. Is a, was a New York is a New York Times bestseller, translated mm-hmm. into more than ten different languages. I mean, wow! What did that feel like? How did you handle the the notoriety and things like just poof? Oh, it's been it's been surreal, and I'm the kind of person um, that uh, it takes me sometimes a long time to process. You know, as things mm-hmm. are happening to me, and so. As Beast of Prey was coming out into the world, as I was still trying to write my second book, um, I really was kind of on autopilot. And only now, now that my second book is out too, and um, I'm getting to take a little bit of a breath, I'm beginning to to really process and check in with myself. Um, and it's been it's been so cool, to be honest with you. <laughs> so what cool things have happened? Because the, the last time you were on. We spoke about this kind of habit tracker that you have, uh, some some kind of software that you use to kind of track your mm-hmm. habits. What what new habits have you um, done <laughs> or obtained since last year? Anything new or anything continuing? Yeah, so I still use my habit tracker. It's so nice of you to remember. Um, I still use it. I try every day to kind of look at what have I done, what have I not done. I look at, like, did I write today? Did I read? Did I do a good deed for someone else? Um, did I clean? <laughs> like, did I do any like <laughs> things around my house? Did I do any writing? You know, it's a mixture of things professionally and personally. Did I have a good conversation with a loved one? Did I feel happy? Did I feel stressed? One thing that I've been doing in 2022 is paying more attention to my physical fitness because mm-hmm. as a writer, I spend a lot of time sitting. And so I've made a point of getting up almost every morning and going for about a two-mile walk just to get myself moving. And then I have a a personal trainer now. So twice a week I meet up with him and I I go to the gym, actually, which I thought (laughs) So um, is he hot? Like, I mean... Does that does that I ever mean, come into play? Like, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you well, know, we, well, you know, personal I, trainer, you think hot, you know, muscles and you know, you're sweating and you're punching around, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm happily I'm happily married, so I think my my spouse is hot. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, my my trainer my trainer is actually a really sweet person. He's he's like my brother's age, so I think okay. even if I wasn't married, that would probably prevent me from thinking he was like he's just like looking like a little brother almost yeah um, yeah he's mm-hmm. very he's, he's not your typical like macho uh trainer he's very kind understanding um okay you know we just kind of we just kind of talk about life while he gives me instructions on things to do and he's very he's very um 
like just very very kind. He's not like this. It's not like the Rock you know, or Arnold Schwarzenegger type of thing going on. No, <laughs> no, he's he's like a fresh out of college. Uh, okay. Yeah, you, know, you know, young man, and just you know, it's it's virtual actually. He doesn't live where oh, I live. Okay. So wow. Yeah. So, so what you, kind of exercises are? What what are you doing? Are you doing like Pilates? Or are you doing like weight training? What, what do you guys do? It's a mixture. Like we do on you know Tuesdays and Thursdays. So usually we do like upper body on one day, and then lower body and core on a different day. But you know he's very flexible. Sometimes I'm I'm like you know what I'm not feeling it today, um, mm-hmm, or I hurt mm-hmm. myself, or I didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, so he's like okay, right. well, let's adjust. And I found that I do better when I'm actually talking instead of thinking about what I'm doing. <laughs> um, you know, okay. I, uh, so, I mean, it's really just, just kind of talking about life. He's a, he's a young black man. So we talk a lot about, you know, what it's like being a, a black person in the, in the world we live in today. And um, he's a really great friend. So he knows what you do, right? Does he, does, has he read any of your books at all? Do you know? Um, I don't know if he's read any of my books. He certainly knows about them. Um, he does know about know them. He, okay. Yeah. Tell him yeah. that's, that's so one that's of his homework. He, he gives you homework. His homework is he got to read some of the book, you know. But um, <laughs> let's, he, he let's talk about – He picks up a copy. Right. You send him a copy. Mm-hmm. Send it to his P.O. box mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this book. So this is the second installment. There's going to be three, right? Is that my understanding? Yes. Yes. This is uh, two out of three are done. Two out of three are done. So now what have you learned about yourself since this, like writing this whole process of having to write this trilogy? What is something you've learned? Um, I've learned a lot. Like I think um, – one of the things I've, I've I've learned and am continuing to learn is about my boundaries, you know, how much I can do, how much I should do, where my stopping point is. And in a way, like, I'd never thought that I'd be able to write another book as quickly as I did. I wrote Beasts of Ruin in a really short turnaround time while I was also um, promoting my first book <laughs> and still going to events and, and touring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, I did it, and I was really proud of myself, but I also came out of that experience understanding that, you know, you can't be a yes person. You know, you can't say yes to every single thing every single time, or you'll burn yourself mm, out. Yeah, um, and, it, yeah. and and I've had, I've had a friend send me a really great book about boundaries, and I'm really trying to practice, you know, letting myself say no and and not feeling like I'm letting anybody down because I'm taking care of myself, you know? That's, That's something really for women, life. I think, uh, that in general, women have a problem saying no, whereas guys mm-hmm. will say say no faster. I mean, this is a generalization. I'm, I'm not saying all women can't say But we feel that need of taking care, like we are the caretakers, or even if we don't want to be the caretaker of, of an issue or a person or whatever, we're made to be the caretaker, like, oh, she'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she'll, yeah, she'll get exactly. it done. And- um, leave yeah. it to so-and-so, the woman, she'll, she'll, yeah. And um, so that's something I think women, in terms of setting boundaries and saying no and not feeling bad about it, is something that is important, uh, I think, that people have to. But, you know, how are we taught these issues? How are we taught? I mean, did anybody ever teach us about boundaries? Were you taught about boundaries? Were you taught that it's okay to say no? 
Um, in certain contexts, yes. In certain contexts, mm-hmm. no. Interestingly, I think as a kid, the place that my parents talked to me a lot about boundaries was with, um, frankly, with things like sex. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't until you're ready. You know, don't be pressured. Like, you know, don't do drugs. Don't yes. be pressured to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, those very classic right. just say no things. But personal boundaries, emotional boundaries, professional boundaries, no, there wasn't much discussion. And I think it's because my parents weren't told. And they, my, and my mom, I think about my mom, another woman, she struggles with the boundaries and the, the having to balance being a caretaker and a professional. And I think, um, you know, we're taught that you shouldn't say no to things because you'll miss an opportunity. You know, you know, you'll miss something. But in actuality, there will, there will be more. <laughs> You know, it's, the it's world okay is going to continue to go. Yeah, yeah the, the world is going to continue to go on. If you say no, and something else is going to come along. So if you if you miss the first train, it's going to be some other train, or or there may be a plane, or, or who knows, a bicycle or a motorcycle. <laughs> something else is going to come something. along. You know, um, so don't don't fear. In the book, what is new? What is exciting? Uh, I, I was reading the book and. Now it seems like the more in the desert, there's a lot of desert scenes, um, and then there's the um, the evil castle with the mist um, and, the, and the guy yeah. that I hate. Um, so we we were talking about environment before. You're out in Arkansas, right? I am. So what's it like out there, uh, as opposed to Atlanta, where you grew up? <laughs> yeah, it in is terms of environment. It's um, out there, right? <laughs> it is a little. It's a little out there. So, uh, I moved to Arkansas when I was a teenager, and I didn't know much about Arkansas, and I wasn't particularly excited about leaving Atlanta. Um, I will say, you know, Arkansas has grown a lot since I moved here. It's a very. I was. I was talking to my husband yesterday. Arkansas thinks that it's a. It's a. It's called the natural state. It's a very scenically beautiful state we have this big river we have lots of greenery it's a very pretty state like compared Mm. to these urban areas where you don't get much green you don't get the quiet um here there's lots of just natural beauty you can go for a walk and really unplug which i value um and it's growing it's not as some areas are not as diverse as i like but where i live little rock is the capital city so we have a nice pretty diverse makeup of people. Um, so, you know, I, it has its own vibe. Now, in the book, how do you track these different environments? Do you have, like, a grid, something on the wall? I've asked several writers this. Everybody has a different way of doing it. How do you track the environments? you got all these different creatures and the different character yeah. names. How do you track that yeah. information? When I was writing Beasts of Prey, you know, way back 2015, 2016, um, I always start with world building as a fantasy writer. I create the world before I write the story because to me the story has to fit within the world. I can't change the world to fit the story. I, the story has to naturally be integrated into it. So I have a giant like Wikipedia-style document. It looks like a Wikipedia page where mm-hmm. I have all of the regions and the languages and the clothing and the traditions and the foods. and Not all of that makes it into the book, but I have it you know, in my knowledge, in the back of my head. So, and I have two. If you open the covers of Beasts of Prey and Beasts of Ruin, you'll actually see maps too. 
um, that Virginia Allen, who's a really fantastic yep. um, illustrator, created for me. Um, so I use a lot of maps. I, I literally sit with the map and be like, okay, how long would it take them to get from here to here? Um, and I use a lot of that to kind of to make sure I'm staying consistent, especially over a trilogy. Yeah, because there's so many, like, dips and, and turns and twists. I mean, they get dropped, but I don't want to give too much away. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. People get lost. People are in the marsh. Uh, you know, people can't get out of the, this, this mist thing. Um, and yeah. <laughs> then you, you, you go back with memories, uh, memories that, you know, characters are, are having uh, when they were younger. Um, yeah. And one of the, the, the what Binti, um, her friend, uh, what's her name, uh, Naya, she's a little troublemaker. Did you have a friend like that who was like the one that took the uh-huh. risk and you were like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. No, come on, do that. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I wrote Binti in a very, um, again, I think society's really hard on teenagers, uh, dumb teenagers, oh, stupid kids. But we forget very quickly what it is like to be a teenager, especially if you've been in any way sheltered from the world, you have protective mm. parents, and then suddenly you make a friend and you're like, oh, a friend who knows a little bit more about the world than me. And it's exciting and a little bit dangerous, but a little bit fun. And I wanted to write for those kids too, because I think a lot of times we're made to feel ashamed as or teenagers are made to feel ashamed uh, simply for being curious about the world. Um, it's not always pretty well, when you know when you're well. You know, as parents, you're scared, scared mm-hmm. for them. You don't, you don't, you don't want them. You, you're, you've been out there. Well, some parents haven't, some haven't. But you, you, you've lived a little longer and you've seen certain things. So you're like, I made that mistake. I don't want my child to make that same mistake. Let me try to protect them. Um, I think there's overprotection, uh, though, uh, and I think. Um, you do have to let kids make their own mistakes. I mean, my daughter's older now, and that's something I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm still learning. It's like, okay, she, that's what she wants to do. That's not what I would do. That's what she wants to do, and I just have to be okay with it. Like, there's nothing. Like, it's out of my control. Like, I, I can't do right. anything about right. it, you know. Um, now, in, in, the, in the book, there's also some little ro- romance going on, um, and – you don't you don't go too crazy with it, which is is nice because um, you know some some people get what is the word I don't know salacious is that the word I'm thinking of You're a writer What's yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't I, I always say this book is my books um, in this series are PG thirteen I wanted my grandma yes. to be able to read it my mom without me like cringing in my seat. Um, and also, these are teenagers. Like, there's actually a little bit of a discourse and a discussion happening in Kidlet right now where people are like, why are we writing these very sexy scenes for books that are aimed at kids, you know, ages mm-hmm. 11 and up? And, you know, there's people that fall on both sides of that argument. My thing is, I just, I, I know where my books have been placed. I um, recently, Beasts of Prey got picked uh, as the book to represent the states of Arkansas and Georgia separately. Um, wow! The awesome. Book festival, which is really a really cool honor, but that's because um, librarians from both of those states, and it, it was done. They did this separately. They they didn't know that they both chose the same book, um, mm-hmm. but they chose it because of uh, the power it has with children, the positive messages it has for children, and it's a book they feel comfortable recommending to children. So because I know that, I don't want to write scenes in in books that are you know 
overly sexual when we're talking about ultimately kids. There's still romance, and and kids have romance. Like, I don't want to downplay that that reality, but nothing that's Mm -hmm. smutty because that's just not the right audience. So. Yeah, we talked about your crush. If you guys are listening and you want to find out more about Ayana's crush, listen to my first interview uh, with her. Uh, we, we talk about her, <laughs> her, one of her first crushes. Now, also, evil and good is a big thing. And, and mm-hmm. one of the things that you repeat, what is evil and what is good, and it's based on perspective. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to the audience yeah. about that meaning from your, from yeah. your perspective? Um. Yeah, I think that what I've well, what I've learned and what I've seen, I, I like I learned this when I was in college. I went into college with a very hard, defined understanding of this is good, this is evil, nothing in between. And what I learned through some of the courses I took in college is that a lot of times evil and good is um, framed by power. So whoever has the power gets to decide who is evil, who is not, what is bad, what is good. Um, and they usually make those decisions based on what is advantageous to them. So, for example, when you say things like, oh, well, blackness is bad and whiteness is good, and that's why we have, to, we have the right to subjugate and control these people because they're bad. So it's okay to, to enslave them and take them from their homes and, and you know, subjugate them to any number of, of horrors. Um, yeah. It becomes mm-hmm. easier to justify those kinds of cruelties and brutalities because you've said they're evil, and that's advantageous to you because now, you know, we know you're making millions of dollars off the labor of those people who you just said are evil and bad, and we need to rule over them, for example, in the real in the real world. And so um, in Beasts of Prey, I kind of play around with that idea, too. Who are we calling evil? Who are we calling good? And, you know, hopefully as kids, especially you're reading, they're thinking about, well, who's who's getting um, the advantage? Like, who is benefiting from this? Should we be examining mm-hmm. this closer? Um, because it is yeah, sometimes you have a this... difficult. Well, it is, and it's, it's like the perspective because the, uh, the, the god of, the evil god, he, he gives a little story to Kofi about that and uh, yeah. in, in the book. And, 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 and also in, in The Beast of Prey, there's also points in that story as well about, you know, the mm-hmm. evil and good. And that's something I think as humans, we're still, you're always learning about the good. and We'll just put good and bad choices that you make in your life. For this moment, that might be the best choice. But another moment, it might be the, a, a bad choice. And for you, that might be the best choice. But for somebody else, it might not be good. So, right. uh, and that brings in, in the issue of privilege, you know, um, mm-hmm. If you're a man, you have certain privilege. If you're white, you have a certain privilege. Um, if you're Asian, you have privilege. If you're a black woman, there, there's everybody, if you're light-skinned, everybody has some privilege, but then there's others that have less, if you will, depending on the context. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, let's talk to audience about this magic. Can you explain to them the splendor? Yes. Okay. So... I wanted to write a magic system in my books that sort of reflected real-life emotional intelligence because it was something I didn't learn about till I was really in my 20s. This idea of acknowledging your emotions, reckoning with your emotions, and just and dealing with them in order to process why you're reacting to something a certain way. So in real life, you know, you might be really angry and really annoyed at your friend, but when you sit with yourself and examine it, you're like, oh, it's actually because 
I'm carrying a little bit of envy. I'm actually a little bit jealous, and I just wasn't acknowledging that. Things like that. It, it's harder to do, and you have to practice it. So in this world, um, I created a magic system that's sort of like that in that um, Kofi is a Daraja. Daraja means bridge in Swahili. She is this con- there's a connection between this energy that's from the earth that she then channels through her body to do different things. And there are different types of Dirajas who can use that, that power, that splendor to channel different things. But it only works when she is emotionally intelligent and grounded in her emotion. And if she tries to hold it in, holding this power in her body instead of just letting it move through her, um, there are dire consequences. It can, it can transform you. It can kill you. It can make you sick. It, I mean, it can do all sorts of things. And I think that's a reflection of what happens when we hold emotion in us and don't let it, you know, don't acknowledge it and let it out, you know, when we hold on to anger, when we hold on to mm-hmm. resentment um, instead of acknowledging it or we hold on to bitterness or jealousy, whatever these negative emotions may be. Um, we see that it does have adverse effects on your personality, on the people around you. Um, so I wanted to write about your health. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Your physical health, absolutely. Um, so I wanted kids to, you know, especially kids, I, I write for kids, to think about their own power and what happens when you hold emotion in and don't deal with things and how that makes you feel and how it makes you treat other people. Um, and that, you know, I wanted to write a magic system that kind of reflected that real world reality. Has anybody ever talked to you about like making little plastic creatures? You know, like that going oh. on with the book, I could see that, like, you know, little toys, because you have so many awesome car- uh, creatures, I could see little plastic, car- you know, figurines that could buy, like, or collectibles, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know, yeah. has anybody said that to you? Not plastic, like, not the toys, but, like, I've had a few people ask, can you make, like, an illustrated book of the creatures? Um, oh, okay, like a okay. And so... Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to do that. I think the thing to do would be to wait until after book three when all of the monsters are out there. Um, okay. And I could do it all. Of, it, so it would be something, you know, maybe that I could do after the series is complete and people want a little bit more. But another thing I've had to learn in the last year is sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is not yet. You can't do everything at once all the time without burning yourself mm-hmm. out. So. Yeah. It is on the it is on the the, the the docket like a to do thing that I would love to do someday. Now, when is the film for uh, the Beast of Prey net, the Netflix that that when is that gonna when can we see that or or is that not coming oh. out until everything is done or? So film is is interesting in that respect. It's you know I write fantasy. There's lots of special effects, big budget. Um, and those movies take longer, unfortunately. You know, I think about adaptations like The Hate You Give by um, Auntie Thomas, which is mm-hmm. set in the real contemporary world. Those movies are easier. They tend to be easier to make because there's no special effects. It's just right. um, kind of your your average neighborhood. You get a few cars. You get some, some extras. Like, I'm not taking away from the fact that that is a great movie and, and certainly took some, you know, product, like some ta- the talent to put it together. But it's a different yeah. movie than, like, you think about Harry Potter movies, lots of special mm-hmm. effects, lots mm-hmm. of stuff. So all that to say, like, uh, the date hasn't been decided for Beasts of Prey because um, Netflix is still kind of gathering their pieces. We have a really fantastic screenplay that I've gotten to read. It is so cool to see, okay. you know, what was 
book to see like suddenly like the camera pans and the the scene goes dark and, and it's, just, like, you know, it's, it's so cool to see it like written out that way instead of in book form. But um, yeah, date wise, there's not a confirmed date. It's still it's still in development. So um, do you happen to have the book near you? Do you uh, would you be able to read something? Or I don't want that putting you out. I don't sure. Um, Okay. Which, from which book? Beast of Prey or Beast of Ruin? Beast of Ruin. Sure. I always, as an author, I get complimentary copies of my own book as though I haven't read it a billion times. <laughs> um, so I always I always have, have a copy in front of me um, or somewhere okay, on one good. of my nearby stuff. Let me see if I can pull up something really, really quick. Okay. I actually well, have chapter one. I can read the beginning of chapter one if that's helpful. Or I could just read the beginning. Very, very... Huh? The, you can I'll read chapter one. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I'll do the very beginning. So, you know, okay. this is the perspective of our, our new character, Binti. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fragile hours before dawn, this city belongs to its monsters. A faltering rhythm beats in my chest like a goatskin drum as I feel for the dagger sheathed at my side. It is only a modest weapon, small and crudely made, but I take some comfort in its weight in the shape of its carved wooden hilt. The clouds overhead are bruised black and blue, swollen with rain and violence. Among the thunderous rumblings, I hear their discontent. The clouds already know what I'm plotting to do. Beneath their gaze, I am already condemned. Mud sucks at my sandals as I traverse Lacosa's road, tempting me to kick them off and continue barefoot, but I resist that urge. These sandals are the only ones I have, and replacing them isn't a luxury I can afford. Each sodden step is weighed with hesitation, and I wonder if I should turn back now before I'm caught and punished. But time is a gluttonous creature this late in the night. It consumes my thoughts and leaves no room for doubt. My strides lengthen. I need to keep moving. Does that work? That's fine. I think people like to hear the author and, and them reading it, their, their, their tone and everything. Um, I know the books are on Audible, and that's one thing. But, you know, just people, I think, like to hear the author reading because it, it gives them their their tonality and, and, and their emphasis on things that maybe, oh, okay, that's how they said it. Okay. I, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I've had a lot of people um, who are not, maybe they're not readers, like they've been able to access these books through audio and then enjoy them as an audio book, and I'm really grateful that, that that's an option too for people who are on the go or don't have time to sit and read a big book. Um, and the actors who voice the, the different characters in, in both of these books, it's the same actors both times, um, are really, really good, really great black, young black actors. That's one of the things we, we forgot to touch on because I, I we had touched on before, but the ethnicity, the, the characters are, are, um, are black characters, which is great in this magic realism uh, series and uh, you, you know this because you describe their skin. You talk about the the hair. Um, you talk about well the names themselves, uh, African um, oriented uh, names, and all all the different even the gods and things. The I guess you did a lot of research, you know, to try to decide who was going to be who and the different um, abilities you know, that people had, mm-hmm. but it's specifically, it's, it's a, it's a black cast, which a lot of yes. books when I was growing up that were fantasy or magic were not 
black characters. They were white characters. There were there was no there were no black characters uh, at all. And um, I remember one of my first books I liked was um, uh, Octavia Butler. And when I read her, I just like totally fell in love. Like, oh my God, wh- where has this person been? Like, you know, my entire life. Because I had been yeah. reading, like, you know, Ursula Le Guin and, and Tolkien and all those, and I was in love with those books as well. But mm-hmm. but reading her, it was just this, like, ah, you know, moment. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully kids will have that with your books, I think. You know, black kids will have that with you. But it's not just for black kids. I just want to put that out there. Yes. Anybody can read this book. And me as an adult, I mean, but, you know, I'm into, like, this type of stuff. As an adult, you can read the book and also enjoy because of the detail that Ayana puts into it with the environment and the different characters and the abilities. You're not bored at all uh, with um, the storyline. At least I'm not bored. There's, there's a lot Thank in you. it. I mean, and there's I'm a lot you to remember because... Yeah, there's, that's I, I I read a lot of books, you know, and there's sometimes people just write and you're like, okay, move to the next top, please move to the next uh, book. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So um, you're not you're not bored. There's action scenes, um, moments of distress. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Oh my God, the Beatles. Oh my God, the oh. Beatles scene. Yes, yes. That's all you're I'm going to say. The first I don't talk about the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I don't I don't like bugs. When I read when I, I was like, oh I don't know if uh, oh uh, mm, okay I gotta walk. I had to like get up because I don't like bugs and I like I was like having flashes of like but like I was like okay am I gonna have bad dreams tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so my goal, what I do, and actually there's a scene in Beasts of Prey. So if you are not a bug spider mm, person. Uh, approach with caution because what I like to yeah, do the is spiders. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a so it's a similar kind of scene. Poor Econ has had to deal with a lot of critters. Um, yes, what uh, <laughs> I like my my rule is if it makes me uncomfortable to write, that means it will probably be uncomfortable to read, and that's when I know I'm really doing something. Same thing with my romance. Like I'm like, ooh, if I'm cringing a little, like you know, moving around in my seat a little, I'm like, okay, I know this is like the right, you know, the romance is right because you feel that little flutter in your own chest um, or that swoop mm-hmm. in your stomach. So that's my rule. I, I, I want to feel what I hope readers are feeling as they read. So um, bugs and creepy crawlies, like all of that stuff makes me kind of cringe. So <laughs> so naturally I put a bunch of it into my books. <laughs> yeah, it made me cringe. Okay, well, we're running out of time here. So let me just ask you, if you had to go to Mars, what three things would you take with you? Oh, gosh. Oh, these questions stress me out. Um, I would take <laughs> my I would take my phone and headphones. I need music. <laughs> I would take some water. Um, that's probably, that's three things, isn't it? My phone, my headphones, and some water. I'm the worst. I would not survive okay. long, but I'd have good music. Will... I'd have good music to do. <laughs> okay. Now, if you had $100, what would you do with it? Take my mom to lunch. My mom okay. would take it. <laughs> she wouldn't let me pay, no. but I would try, and then I would take it to the bookstore. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you guys still have bookstores in Arkansas? Because they're like, I think one in Philadelphia. Like, there's like one or two. I can count on my hand. Oh, a couple yeah, of yeah. Yeah, we've got Barnes. We've got a lot of really great independent bookstores. Little Rock's a fairly big city. It's not. It's not totally rural. It's. It's still a major city. Mhm. Mhm. 
Now, what's some of the worst advice you ever received? Or in writing? In life. Oh, worst advice. Um, things like things about my my womanhood. I think like emphasizing beauty. You know, girl children should be seen, not heard. Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Like in, I try to ignore bad advice, but I think okay, a lot of it has to do. Yeah, no, just just a lot of it has to do with um, things like, you know, and just yeah, emphasizing beauty over over brains as if you can't be both <laughs> being told mm-hmm. kind of like you have to choose one or the other um things about my hair it took me a long time to to learn to love my hair because a lot of passive aggressive messaging about what beauty like your your nose is too is too flat your hair is crazy looking stuff like that yeah yeah that's a big one for african american women the hair and uh loving mm-hmm. the hair and, and accepting it and then also accepting others that want to do different things. Because some people get in the camp, the natural camp, and the not that natural, and it's like, why can't we, why can't a person do both Honestly, things, you know? If it's not on your head, why does it matter? And that's my, my attitude about most things. Is if it's not impacting me personally, it's not my business. Like, I mind the business mm. that gave me, so. <laughs> okay, see, see, I think that's good. That's good. Well, that's a good note to end on. Ayana, where can people find you on social media? People can find me on all of the social media. I'm on Twitter at Ayana Gray, although less less now, but I am always on Instagram at Ayana Gray with a little underscore at the end. I am on TikTok reluctantly at Ayana Gray <laughs> as well. TikTok is a wild place, Joy. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my God. I've seen then, some stuff. Yes. <laughs> it, it's really a wild. It can be great, but it can be a wild place. And then uh, I'm also I have my website www.ayanagray.com where I have advice for writers. I have info on my book, and that's where you can get in touch with me if you want me to like do a school visit. I do I do like talking with kids and and visiting different cities. So I'm in all of those places. But she's going to say no sometimes and don't get your feelings hurt because she has to set boundaries, okay? I'm just it's putting true. that out there. Okay. <laughs> well, Ayana, Thank you for that. See, I, you... see, I just did it. <laughs> see, exactly. Um, but now if you do do the little creatures the, the, at, the, at the end, I need 10% because that was like my idea, okay? The little yes. figurine yes. things, okay? You say Joy Keys said this <laughs> during the second book, and now you guys want to do it. You, you got to – you got to send her a royalty check or something. I mean, I, I yeah. just, I, you know, help a sister out. You know? I need a new pair yeah. of shoes. Yeah, I, we always need a new pair of shoes. I always need, and books. I, I always need shoes and, and books. books. Oh, my God. I'm going to need another room for books. I have, let me see here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six bookshelves of books. Um, the Ooh. last one is halfway empty. Yeah. And so I, I have a lot of uh, uh, things on my Kindle. I, I, I just was like, okay, I, I got to stop. Yeah. And, and a part of it is the show, though. You know, people send me books, and then I buy books for giveaways. And books I already had before I did the show. So, you know, I have books from exactly. when I was a kid that, that are sentimental things, you know. Should, anyway, go home. Uh, go, go back to bed. Go eat pancakes. Whatever you got to do. Go take a walk. Have a lovely weekend with you again and really come full circle and sorry again i just 
it was, I, I realized that my, I was like, why didn't my phone go off? But it's because this was set for 11 my time, and I'm an hour behind you. Oh, <laughs> like, that, oh okay. Don't, I didn't think, like, there's some people that I'm on the fence. I'm like, oh, yeah, I figured this person wasn't going to was, call in or something. I didn't have that energy, so that's why I kept playing the car, uh, commercials. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put in one more. And then I started talking, and then there you were. It was the splendor. That's what I'm going to – chakras aligned, and that's what it was. It was it was totally me, but I you were so gracious, and I so appreciate you um, <laughs> dealing with me. This is, this is the downside to being in the central time zone is I a lot of stuff is East Coast, and my phone does not understand when I say yes. 11 o'clock Eastern. Well, somebody's going to have to create that, that thing. So you go go ahead and have a great weekend, okay? Thank you, and you too. I hope you have a good rest of your fall. I hope it cools down a little. Yes, well, I'm just waiting for the next, the third book to come out so you can come back and, and, and we can really come full circle and find out what happens to everybody. It's it's going to be sort of a grim conversation, I think. <laughs> oh, oh okay, tough. all right. I'll talk to you later. Uh, all right, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with author Ayana Gray. We were talking about her second book, Beast of Ruin. It's the second book. It's a follow-up to the New York Times bestselling book, Beast of Prey. And I'm going to give away some copies of her book, so you want to follow me, at Joy Keys, on Twitter. Also, check me out on uh, Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can email me Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. And that's actually where you're going to email the answer to the question that I will post. So again, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, this Wednesday, I'm going to be doing a live Instagram live chat about breastfeeding. It's Breastfeeding Awareness Month. So tune into that. That's 7 p.m. this Wednesday coming up on Instagram Live. So all you got to do is go to Instagram, log into your account, and um, follow my account, Saturdays with Joy Keys, so that you can see the interview. And um, we're going to be talking about breastfeeding. So if you have questions or comments, and uh, we'll get some lowdown from the lactation goddess. Uh, Again, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern this coming Wednesday. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Stigma may not directly affect you, but it harms the one in five Americans living with mental health conditions. Which prevents millions of people from seeking help. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to curestigma.org and get tested for stigma.